Okay, welcome back to episode 22. How you guys doing? I take that as you're doing well then. Fantastic. (laughs) Amazing. Super. Okay, so you're here with myself, Olu, Shiwal, Daniel, and Pabilo. On this week's episode, we're talking about banking, shopping, supporting black owned and minority owned companies do we do it are we just all talk um and then we'll go to the book review which will be taken by myself olive so let's get started so guys okay so why so guys i like that though i like that i like that keep that in so guys why is it important to um to support minority and black-owned businesses or is it not important are we being very radical are we being like pro-black pro-minority here go ahead go ahead kick it off (laughs) are we just being too radical you don't believe it we don't need it personally i believe it's very important that we support black owned businesses because in this day and age we're doing too much for other people and not necessarily Mm. ourselves and that also doesn't just affect in terms of the economy but also our support and the relationship we have with one another i remember talking to someone about um black wall street i don't know if any of you have ever heard of black wall street this was something that was in greenwood tulsa in oklahoma and there, when there was segregation, there was actually a race riot in 1921, which um, white people came in, white residents came in and massacred about 300 black residents and injuring hundreds, hundreds more and just raised the neighborhood in flames within hours. And it's probably one of the most devastating massacres in the history of US race relations. And many people don't know about this, but in that community, because there was segregation, they thrived a lot. They supported one another. They were very successful. And it was even termed as Black mm-hmm. Wall Street up until the riot and we don't even most people don't even know that history that there was something that existed where there were as a chance for you know african-americans to mm. support one another to build things together and to mm. have partnerships and build yep. a community but since then i've never heard of anything that is similar mm. or rivals that within the, when and you say rivals that to, within the black community yeah yeah exactly black, yeah. black community because it's, it's very it's very rife and, and prominent within the very community. that's what i was going to say every jew i probably i guess we're all going to touch on it or mention it but in london we all know of areas where there's a high population yeah, as an example and i don't know if you know if you actually in that area if a house goes for sale they mm. all put their money together buy that house and then resell it on to another jew they will never let anyone else come and live yeah. in that community they always put their money up and buy it even the mortgages, they don't go to High Street Bank. They don't go to, or they go to independent, mm. but they go to themselves. They lend each other the money in order to buy things. They don't go to the High Street Banks. They have their own community. They have mm. their own accountants. Even, everything even as far as Jewish schools community. as well. Yeah. Yeah, schools. They, and they teach them about their, their history, about their traditions and mm. all of that stuff. But when it comes to black community specifically, we're very poor in that. And even to the sense of, do we even know our great-grandmother's name? Our great-great-grandfather's name? Do we even know what they did? It usually stops at our grandparents. We don't know, or we don't even question even our parents or family and go deeper to know about our own family history. If that much, how much more so the black community? And if we don't do that, we're certainly not going to support ourselves. No, keep going, keep going, man. You know, let me, AP, (laughs) let me give you a chance. But also, it's not just a say. It's not just saying about supporting black people or black businesses, because we also have to respect and understand mm-hmm. customer service goes a long way. Because it's very easy to sap a business. You know, they say one in ten businesses fail. So like one like ten, this one will thrive. But then again, <laughs> in conclusion, it's very important to mm. uh, support black-owned businesses, but yeah. not for the sake of it because they're black. They have to prefer a certain standard, certain quality. I disagree with that. For you to support them, like you're it's saying like, that we shouldn't support them. We shouldn't support mm. them solely on the fact that they're black, or obviously they need to provide a certain service. Yeah, we should, it might not be the same standard, yeah. but you're saying that we I, shouldn't I, support it. So we shouldn't be deliberate in saying, you know what, I'm going to go out there and support 
No, I'm no. I'm not saying don't go and look and support um, black-owned mm. business, but I'm talking about if we're saying specifically for a black business, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't go and support Agreed. something that's shoddy. That yeah, how can, how yeah. Can it, has be, it has to be. It has. I agree. I'm actually. I'm actually with Daniel as well. I think. Just because, yeah. say, if I opened a restaurant tomorrow, right, and if I, if I, if the service that I'm providing in the restaurant is terrible, if the food that I'm providing is, if the food, if the food that I'm providing, if the food that I'm providing is also not very good, and I know that, and mm. I've consciously, consciously decided to cut my costs and provide a lower level of service, I can't call you guys and be like, you guys need to come to my restaurant and eat and pay because I feel like that's not that's even though you guys would support me as a friend or as a as a minority, I think I shouldn't expect it as a default. There should be would, a certain you, level of service and product that's being you, provided. So, so well, <laughs> you see the thing about it is yes, I believe there should be a standard. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we need to be careful with comparing it to mass chains because there's a reason why but even that, I feel yeah. when you're more independent, your customer service is better than a mass chain because you no, care about it. Yeah, if, you're talk, if you're only talking about customer service as one aspect of it, you, you could, you, I think before you mentioned about... Oh, where do you shop? If, I, think you're, <laughs> I think you're talking about... I think you're not only just talking about customer service, you're talking about the product as well. The quality of the product, and, but, and, but, like but, and just just the thing though, it, it, related to your comment, Olu, I, if, if I, I if I go to an individual uh, like independently ran restaurant or even a product that maybe a friend is selling, I personally will try to not compare that against the big chains or the big brands because I th- I don't think that's fair. I just try to look at it as an individual offering that they're providing, and if that is a good standard, then of course by default, to be fair, I will support. But I think there should also be a level of service that they also should provide as well. Yeah, because for me, it's like, the, and I think Daniel covered a few of the important reasons why we should support it. One, I think that there's a racial wealth gap. As much mm-hmm. as people don't like to admit it, or there's an undertone to it, there is. In the States, in the UK, there is a gap in terms of wealth. They say one in four black families have zero to negative net worth versus if they look at um, white counterparts who are between one to ten. So by supporting these black-owned businesses, one, we're increasing the wealth within certain black um, families, which then they will invest in their local economy. So they will invest in um, other businesses which they can use to source their products, other businesses which they can, um, or black or minority businesses, which can help them um, build their product or their ecosystem. Next is really sort of fostering jobs and creation. So, for every business that you have, the likelihood yep. of it yep. is they're going to employ someone from that community. So if you're supporting a black company, uh, black owned or minority business, the likelihood is similar to what we mentioned about Jewish community, they're more likely to staff people in that particular area. Um, that was that was the point. That was one of the for me one of the key points around why you should support uh, your own more. Um, I mean, Daniel mentioned it. I mean. Businesses, at the end of the day, they're there to solve a problem. And so what you want to do is you want to sort of support your own because effectively they are looking at solving problems that you would experience as part of your culture. Um, But the secondly, most important one is providing jobs and opportunity. Like there's nothing more than the the young people, they need um, opportunities, hope, um, um, something to look forward to because that can be the make or the make or break and the big difference as to whether they actually go astray or actually do well for themselves. So the jobs, the jobs for the, for the, for the youth are, are a real big um, reason mm. as to why we should support more. Do you, do you more. think that if we were to create something that, you know, I say our children or those coming after us will also use that as a stepping stone and foundation to build something of their own. I say that because sure. typically when we look to our parents, to those close around us, and in terms of what jobs they're doing, we we almost naturally gravitate to take on something similar to that. But if it was a family business or company, you could take on the reins, you could start leading that and even or opening something similar or expanding further. Mm. I'm not going to touch on the Dame Dash uh, interview. I know Olu loves that Dame Dash. <laughs> <laughs> you got a boss, Daniel? Do you have a boss, Daniel? Huh? <laughs> you have to answer to another man? Is that what you need to do? <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to dwell on that part. It comes to even when you look at, say, big established companies, even IKEA, Walmart, 
all of these are family run businesses or family owned companies mm. that have been passed down from yeah. generations to generations. Mm. And it's not like the, the younger people had that business acumen, it was taught to them along the way and they, you know, took charge of it. But imagine so much more if that were us, you know, listed in, you know, Forbes, you know, Fortune company, Fortune listed companies, you know, uh, FTSE, uh, 100, all of those kind of companies. Imagine if that were black owned businesses. It was only recently when it was the what, FTSE 100 had its first black CEO. So, and that's of um, Credit Suisse. But really and truly, we don't do enough to even want to support other people. I, I know we're not going to, I don't want to touch on it now, but why do we don't support black owned mm -hmm. businesses? But I think it's something inherent that's been cultivated and nurtured over a very long period of time, stemming of back from slavery. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to... We'll talk, we'll talk yeah. Dan, just, 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 to go, just to go there a little mm -hmm. bit. So I think on one hand, that, because that seems to be the, the cloud that hovers over, um, and I think it takes away sometimes the people that do support black businesses. So there is an element of also debunking the myth. I think there are a lot of people out there who do support um, their own. And I think it's more of a case of how can we do more? Mm -hmm. Because uh, I think sometimes the, the, the narrative is we don't support at all. Mm, yeah. um, but I think I think we are getting better at it. Now, why I would say, I would actually, I had this conversation with my cousin uh, yesterday. I don't think it's because we don't want to. It's because we don't know how to. And although, it's, although it sounds very simple, uh, but you... I, dis I, so I disagree. I, well, I, I disagree. Okay. No, what, what, when, I say, when I say we don't know how to, it's 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 because it's been, it's effectively we're in a system where we're designed in the system we're designed to effectively be workers not winners and so in order for you to in order when i'm talking about support i'm talking about supporting to the point where you can scale on a larger scale uh, your own and, and 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 businesses and effectively it's going to mean stepping out of the system that you was raised in having to redesign and that's like a lot to do with unlearning and and stripping back what you've inherently have in order to in order to push forward so i mean when i say we don't know how to it's more of a um historical as you mentioned slavery standpoint because i think we do sit there and mull over okay how is this going to work we tend to look at the downsides as opposed to the upsides mm -hmm. um i don't think it's because we don't want to okay yeah okay i see i see, we I see, your, seen, I see your point I see it's, it's more of like we don't we haven't had enough examples in front of us to be able to say okay that's exactly how i'm going to do okay. it how do in a, in a day of social media and where information is what spread very fast how do we increase that and how do we make that known because one area i do see it quite well is weddings i see a lot of um people using black vendors for their weddings and that's quite encouraging and it even goes to the point of when we're talking about side hustles, there's nothing that you're going to do that no one's ever done before because there are a load of photographers, a load of videographers, food caterers, but there are more than one that I see people use. So whatever it is that you want to do, there are, there is a demand, there is an audience, there are a, there is clientele that is available and ready for you. But I see it in that wedding kind of vendor space, but how do we be, go beyond that? Because social media would help you immensely in you know getting getting around by word of mouth, people tagging you, uh, whatever your product or service is, showcasing that. But how do we increase it even further that it's sustainable, long-standing long and expandable? Do you feel like there's a platform in which people can easily go on there and go on and find all these Black-owned businesses and easily? Because the reason why I say that is, I think nowadays our generation is very lazy when it comes to shopping mm. and buying and everything. So we will just typically go to somewhere like Amazon, look for whatever we want and just buy it based on the ease that it provides. Okay. So any, anyone who wants a new business or tip, start a black business. I think there's some, there's some that exist. There's obviously some that exist. And I've got some and I'll mention some of them that actually exist. And I went on them, but then they don't compete with obviously the ease of stuff like Amazon. So I feel like at this stage, you need to be very deliberate. Like, there's, it's, it's not going to be the easiest option to do. It's not going to be the easiest option to say, okay, I want to purchase this. I'm going to sit down and actually research and yeah. look for a black-owned business. Uh, yeah, I swear, uh, yeah, I guess the convenience of knowing what's out there already rather than having to yeah. research because we just come in lazy. But even, but I mean, you... I'm in a Facebook group and it, I think it's support mm -hmm. black-owned businesses. But I'll tell you, that group is dead. <laughs> what, they don't, they don't post anything, <laughs> no one. <laughs> I think someone posted something like last week and I wrote, wait, I'm still in this group. 
like it's like thousands yeah. of people. I don't know. Someone <laughs> I don't know who added me, but it's like thousands of mm. people in this group. But yeah, no one had posted anything. No, it's it's, I, it's just we ultimately just lack the education, and I'm talking about the wider education. Mm. Um, mm. There's just there just hasn't been perhaps enough examples of companies going public that are black owned, or enough black billionaires or enough black multimillionaires for us to be able to. Uh, use that as a, as a reference. But they have been. There are many, though. There are many. There are it started many. from days I mean, of, like, I mean, FUBU. Remember FUBU? Those are the days. I'm not saying there's there's not, but I'm saying that it's, you have to, it's not flooded. You have to, the, the, the majority of the examples are not of the Blacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I would even say, like, uh, even if you did it on a quite a small scale, but it's with intention and you you do it to also show the people around you. Like, if I go to, um, I have a few friends that have restaurants and coffee bars and all these things. And whenever I go there, their first, whenever I've eaten, the food's always great. They always say, okay, don't worry, you don't have to pay for anything. But I always make it a point to ensure that I pay not just the price that a normal customer would pay, but actually on top. Because they've gone out and set up a business. So there's lots of risk behind this. There's a family being fed behind this. There's a whole ecosystem that we mentioned before. And I try to make a point of not just paying it, but paying above and beyond because that's small things like that. I think when you do actions like that and you do that around your friends yeah. and it sends a message of, look, I respect the fact that you guys did that. Why would, why should I go give Starbucks and Costa money, which is a multi-million pound chain, and not give you the same service and support? So I respect that. This is why on the flip side, I really don't like behavior when we go to a friend's place or um, someone's selling a product. And because they are our friend, we'll be like, oh, yeah, cool, just just give me one give mm. me one for free. Yeah. Um, mm. Like a small example, for example. Yeah. And we've actually been quite fortunate. Like these, these hats that we're wearing now, the Take Flight podcast hats, so we made a decision at the beginning that we will give none of these away for free. And we've been fortunate that a lot of the people that we've uh, selectively sold them to at the beginning have been happy mm. to pay the price for them. And that in itself is a sign of support. But during that process, you do have some people saying, oh, can mm. I have it for free? Can I have it for free? But if, if Kim Kardashian was selling you a hat, would you ask her for it for free? Or would you ask, you probably ask for, you probably pay mm. pay the price for the product. So just because we know each other, yeah. well, just because we know each other, you should be wanting to pay rather es- than expecting. Especially when you're starting yes. off, um, I think Shiwa, you're touching such a great point. Like exactly, it's 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 borderline disrespectful. <laughs> to go to, it's borderline disrespectful to go to someone, especially when they're starting off a business, and say, "Hey, yo, can you throw one in for free?" Or like, "Yo, what can you do on a price discount?" Discount, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I even sold, I sold just, just for record in case anyone's listening, I made my own brothers pay for the mm. hat. And they were happy to do that because they know, because th- again, it starts with the small actions. If you're willing to support yourself and you show that to those around you, then it will have a knock-on effect. As yeah, well. I probably charge my mom. It's like my mom's, so it was my mom's, Um, I remember it was my mom's birthday um, last year and we were having a big celebration for her and we were looking at, okay, who can who can provide the cakes? Like who can create some cakes, birthday cakes for the actual film? So I got a friend of mine, um, close friend of mine, um, one of my best friends' wife, um, called Nika's Cupcakes. Yeah, hit her up and Is I was that like, a plug? "Yo, if it's a plug, do it like, properly." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, people can find her on Instagram. You know, she was the one. She was the best when it comes to plugs. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not the best when it comes. But it's like Nika's um, cupcakes. You can find her on Instagram. But I reached out. I reached out to her. and I was like, "Hey, let me get two cakes from you for my mom's birthday." And I remember when I was like mentioning to a few people, they were like, "Oh, yo, that seems kind of expensive." And I was like, "Wait." When I compare it to other companies, it's maybe 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 like ten pounds more expensive, five pounds more expensive. I was like, wait, I'd rather support someone that's getting up 100%. from the ground up, building their own dream, uh, building their own business, um, a fellow black person, um, versus me going to like Tesco or one of these chains and just picking up like cakes. It doesn't make any sense. So I think, and I never when we were in that conversation, I never went to her and said, hey. Can I get yeah, a discount? Yeah, yeah. What can you do? I'm getting two cakes. Nothing like that. I'm like, um, what gives me, um, what gives me joy, will be five years down the line seeing her have her own, her own little uh, bakery, yeah, bakery, and being able to say, you know what, I was there at the beginning. I was supporting <laughs> at the beginning before it became this big. That will give me more joy than me saying, hey, can you throw in a cake? And I think more people need to have that sort of mindset. Versus sort of trying to get discounts. Yeah, I agree. I think, sure, you touched on a very great point about handouts, freebies, 
why is it that when it's someone we know or close to us, we always want something for free? Why don't we just yeah. want to pay? I think we're in that mentality. We're just so, so cheap sometimes. <laughs> that we're like, you know, mm-hmm. let me have it for free. Give it to me. I'm not going to my friend's um, coffee shop. And, you know, he said, oh, what do you want? I said, oh, I want this. And he said, no, it's, it's on the house. I said, no, no, it's not in the house. Mm-hmm. I'm paying for it. I don't go into, say, Pret or Starbucks and say, yeah, oh, exactly. I want this and I walk out of it. I will still pay because it's, it's not fair because... If you want their business to thrive, they if they give out freebies, and I think some people need to be careful because they give out too many freebies. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's true. If you give out freebies, yeah, you ain't gonna be yeah. successful. You're fine in six months. Exactly. Yeah, you'll need that you'll need that money. But so you, what what are so what are some of the struggles that these black owned businesses actually face? Like why is it so difficult for them to get up from the ground up? They need they they even need um they rely on word of mouth. Hmm. They rely on recommendations. Yeah. So, and is that versus other companies? Let's say, for example, if I was uh, started up, I was white, yeah, I started up my own company, would it be any different? It's the education and guidance. If I go back, the the, fi- the financing comes at a later stage, mm-hmm. the education and guidance, because yeah. like the, 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 the major corporations, they, they are where they are because of the advertising, they, how much they spend on advertising and how much they spend in <clears throat> hiring certain talents. And maybe mm-hmm. if you're not educated yeah. enough, you're probably going to try and cut corners in those areas. And those are the two areas mm. that come to mind right now that are key drivers into getting your business up to a certain point uh i'd say r- mm. raising finance at a certain stage knowing mm-hmm. if it makes sense to go yep. to a set of investors or actually going to the bank all of this mm-hmm. requires a level of of education and guidance which we don't inherently naturally have or as a mass i mean there are people obviously it's not to say as a mass so i'd probably say i'd probably say mm. it's the it's the it's the guidance and education if you can what we need is we mm. need more what we need is we need more successful people of our own uh, that are basically hand-holding um, us through the startup phase of our businesses. That's what we need. Mm. That makes all of the difference. Yes. I think it's, it's the mentor. You need We need mentors. Like, you need successful black mentors to truly provide yeah. the education. Like, you, they should be... They should be looking at the next generation and seeing, okay, how can I support, not just by investing like money, but more the time but to it's, educate it's, them. Mm. Because it's on, we, us, it's on yeah. us to find these people and say, listen, this is the idea. This is the problem that we're trying to solve. I need your guidance because mm. I've been following you for a number of years. I know that you can help in this particular area. And then you can use mm. at some point structured deal and some sort of finance. Well, but then, go ahead. But do you not... Th- do you not think that their response might be like Olu's? But I did it myself. You <laughs> that, that would not be my first off. That would not be my response. <laughs> that would not be my response. The big mistake as well is that thinking that we we, we can do it ourselves. Mm. That whole mm. um, me, my own. I'm gonna that that's not that's never gonna work ever. Mm. Something something that stands out. Uh, yeah, insert quote here. We don't ask for help because we're strong. We don't ask for help because we we we're weak. We ask for help because we want to remain strong. It's rubbish. Mm. But I think also mm. some people. I think there's a common misconception that other people's success will eat out of my own success. And this world is so big, and there's so much potential business out there that if you help other people, it will only collectively grow. Probably both of your, or three of your, or four of your, a business that you're trying to do as well. So I think this is also a certain mentality within our cultures that if other people are trying to do similar and they look similar to us and have a similar background, we instantly get a bit defensive and think, ah, actually, uh, I don't want to help you as much because I'm trying to do my own thing. But we need to get out of this mentality that you're eating out of my plate when there's more than enough food for everyone. It's, it's, yeah, it's not a zero-sum game. Uh, what yeah. the, the saying that I like is 50% of something is, is better than 100% of nothing. <laughs> And that, that that's the mentality a lot of people have. They're like, I'm going to keep this to myself. I'm going to keep... Th- yeah. Okay, keep that zero to yourself. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> keep work. that zero it to yourself. The thing about it is the funding aspect of it is very critical. Like, I was looking online and it was looking at like venture capital funding. And it shows that around only 0.2 of the funding that they use goes to black women, which, to be honest, in... Most companies, they say black women are the most successful when it comes to creating businesses, getting up from the ground up. And they only make 0.2 of the funding when it comes to venture capital. Mm. And didn't, didn't Serena Williams open up something to start uh, investing or supporting 
black owned business women businesses or something in that i remember she set up something to start investing in this particular mm-hmm. area no for sure so she did but in terms of serena williams she's got a lot of money but it's nothing in comparison to how much capital there is is in like in venture capitals in general and then the fact that the black women um only make up that 0.2 percent it's ridiculous like are we standing out here and saying that there's only 0.2 black women doing businesses and deserve the funding? I think is a lot of it is education one and also biases that have been created to to actually make the process of um, getting that funding a lot harder. So you're seeing so many people coming out, um, like you mentioned, Serena William, actually op- opening their own um, venture capital companies to actually solve that problem. And I think that's something that we're going to need to see a big change. Like now Jay-Z's got a billion. I know he's someone that invests. We're going to see obviously more funding going to Black-owned businesses. So that's where we need the generation um, before us to actually go back and support those problems that we have where it might not be as easy to go to a banking alone because of your your name or the area that you 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 grew up in. Because as much as we don't like to mention it. There's still bias based on where you live, your postcode, um, your name, and all of those areas which hinder black-owned businesses. I like to see a black-owned bank. To be to be honest, I think there's one in London, in the UK. You know, really? okay. Um, yeah. Let me give a plug. Let me find it quickly. Um, <laughs> we should also give a plug to um, Andy's work because Andy's doing exactly that. He's a um... He speaks, uh, I think it was at Backstage London, Danny. That's where he worked. Um, Backstage London. I don't know his actual Instagram. You can find it now, actually. It's Andy, Andy A.M. A.M. He's a, yeah. a great person to... Yeah, Andy... Andy S.H.V.C. Yep. So anyone that wants to no, know more... No, go on. Say so what you're doing, anyway. Oh wait, wait! I just, I just seen, I just seen a, a note on his um thing. So it's Andy yes. SHVC um, on Instagram. But there's a note saying he deactivated on 30th of June. Contact him via his by his site or LinkedIn. So you better do that ASAP, um, which you basically will have what one day to do it <laughs> once, um, uh, once you listen to this. The other thing, the site. I find his bank, yo. Um, yeah, I find it. I find it. But you know, what is you know what's so funny about the bank? Guess what the name of the bank is? If you switch on, they came up with. <laughs> they came up with the first bank what? of Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the other piece which is crucial is, and I think this is where, because it's also one of the ways to obviously secure to secure funding is is the tr- especially if you're a startup business or you're in the space of business is having a track record. Um, and a lot of that comes to our ability to reinvest back into our own to then further build and further scale. So I think this is something which um, I think there was a quote Damon Dash said. He said that once he was approached or he had a conversation with a Jewish man and the Jewish man had termed his his culture as something like the leaking culture. Because when we give you guys money, all you end up doing is just giving it back out. Uh, so it's, mm. it's, it's how do we, how do we um, earn um, and and continue to reinvest within within our own to then further build. That's a, that's something which is a skill. I think everything it's, sounds it's called. It's basically saying like how how um how long does your money stay within your own community? I think oh, yeah. they said that within black communities is only like two times before it sort of sort of leaves your community. Whereas like you got like the Jewish community which stays like I think seven or eight times within the um the community where. They will, like you say, you go to the jewelry store. You there's a Jew, Jewish one. You go to the supermarket. It's a Jewish supermarket. So your money is continuously going around in your community versus us, where we might go out and buy some Yeezys and then it goes straight to it goes straight to Adidas. It's it's funny because even I think were there some new some new trainers that came out last week? Was it some was it Yeezys that came out? Like it feels like it comes out every week now. No, yeah. Because um, I remember, I remember seeing someone saying, "Oh, these cost two hundred and fifty pound." But if you're smart, the Adidas stock one um, a share of um, Adidas stock cost two hundred and twenty pound. Mm-hmm. Choose wisely. Sure. Which one did you choose? 
Uh, I mean, I did. I, I it's just the stock and the Yeezys. Yeah, I actually do have a pair of Yeezys, and but I do have some Adidas shares. So for me personally, it's a win-win. But I mean, if any of my friends want to design trainers, I'll make sure I buy ten oh. of them. So just, just, just DM me. But so, how do we change the narrative around sort of supporting black-owned business? Because I think a lot of times you hear people say, "Oh, I don't support black because of customer service." Olu, have you you ever heard anyone say that? Because I've never actually heard... It's something that I've never heard people say out loud, but from their behaviour, that's kind of the message. kind of what what comes out of, not not to finger point, but they say a lot of Caribbean food restaurants have very bad customer service. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to put my hand up, yeah. And when it comes to Caribbean (laughs) restaurants, yeah, I, I personally look for Caribbean restaurants with poor customer service. I found personally, yeah. <laughs> personally, in Caribbean restaurants, the worse the customer service, the better the food. Because people are coming there for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> like there'd be some there'd be some Caribbean restaurants I've come in there and be like, um, I'm about to order and the person hurry up, chum. And I'm like, yo. And I'm like, can I get the um the the curry go? We sold out. <laughs> we saw that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm messing up. Here. But it's like, I think, yeah, it normally comes from like some people say Caribbean restaurants, but I personally feel like whenever I've said that about Caribbean restaurants, the food has been banging. But, but, in, that case, well, but in, that, in that case, even if the service hasn't been so good, because the food and the actual product mm. itself is so good, then it's still, you're willing to go there and support, right? Yeah, and I, I think the key thing about it is we don't say... I think the issue that we've been made that I've been account I've been I need to hold myself accountable to it. The reason the customer service hasn't been good is not because of the color of the person. Like mm. if I go to a white restaurant and I have bad customer service, I'm not gonna say, hey, white companies have mm. I think that that specific mm. that one yes. shop had yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't bring the color or the race of the person into it. You know? And there's been other restaurants that I've been to where it's got good customer service and it's not based on the race of the person. So I think we need to be careful. And I think a lot of people, when you have bad experience, it's for us to change the narrative. We shouldn't say, Hey, Oh, this black company that I had, um, or went to, um, gave me bad customer service. No, it was this specific company I went to gave me bad. Watch on YouTube. It's called Misery West Indian Restaurant Two Fried Dumplings. The real McQuay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the see. real McQuay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, it also comes down to you. Uh, there are a number of points I want to raise. You as a person, what do you pride, what do you consider more important, the product or the service? And depending on which side of the fence you sit on. Like Olu, you might not care about the service, but you know that what you're, the end mm. goal, what you're going to receive is going to be really nice. So you might sacrifice that and think, you know, I know I'm going to have a bad mm. experience in, or a waiting time or whatever it mm. may be. In the case of a restaurant or if I order a mm. product online, I know it's going to take me three, four weeks. I know I can't even email them to ask them where it is located if it's been shipped yet, mm. but it will just turn up on my doorstep. That's one thing. But also we have to understand mm. there's also different cultures. Mm. Just because that's, you know, they might say, what you want? That might just be how they speak generally in their hometown. They're not necessarily being rude, but we're perceiving it as being rude because we live, live in a Western society. So are we now saying for someone of, say, an African-owned company business that is providing a service in, say, the format of a restaurant, and because of the way they serve us, we see it as rude, but that's because we're trying to ask them yeah, to conform true. to a Western way of providing a service. <clears throat> So we need to be very aware of that, that we're not having these prejudices before we go in or order something because of the way, say, uh, a mm. high street chain may serve us or treat us, that we also expect mm. it from another company. So that's one point. But when we do find somewhere that's good, we need to understand as a Black-owned business or company, people are more likely to sing your praises for the good... Um, sorry, before I mention that, People usually spread mm. news that is bad rather than good. So even as something that you buy that's good, you may not talk about it, but if you experience something bad, you will definitely share your experience. You go on TripAdvisor or even ourselves. Would you ever write a review that you've had a good experience? Probably not. Up. 
But if you received the if you've mm. received a bad experience, you're more likely going to write it and write an essay mm. that you know, the the word count is going to be <laughs> max. Trust me. And so we need to be aware of that. So even when you read the reviews, be more be aware that people don't necessarily talk about the good that they've experienced, but more so the bad. No, I was, I was actually going to just add to that, bit, which is what makes people take man, what makes people take their credit card out of their pocket and pay is actually a level of trust, and trust is built up through enough mm-hmm. advertising and also like you said recommendations because I, I know i learned from sure like booking.com and and all these places the first thing he does is he sorts it by review so we we, we the way we can uh sort of take ownership ourselves is lead by example um and sort mm-hmm. of go to these black on restaurants and then also start to advertise and promote look I've, I've just eaten here it was it was good it wasn't bad um when when your friends ask you for recommendations, recommend them places where, like no, that place in Thailand. Place, oh, no, no, that, that, yeah, that, solid, that, solid that, restaurant. Yeah, amazing I think it's, I think it's just, it's, it's a level. It's about, it's about that word of mouth. Just talking about it more, recommending those types mm. of services, and I think the businesses themselves have to perhaps do a better effort in promoting because that ultimately mm. is what builds trust with with, with customers. Um, because when we go to the Starbucks and we don't even we se- we don't even second guess the service. And you might have a terrible tea that day or, or coffee or whatever it may be, but it's Starbucks. So it's, it's, it's the brand. Um, but I was more, th- I was actually thinking also, how can we, maybe not so much from a business standpoint, but how can we help to further mobilize the black and the browns within, within the corporate space where we are today? And it's also a lot to do with, uh, like me and sure we've obviously ran a number of recruiting uh, processes over the last few years. And to be honest, maybe I shouldn't say this, but we 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 actually look to see how how we can get more blacks and browns into the corporations to give them that opportunity. Reason being because we understand the problem that we've solved ourselves in our lives and not and not for our families, and we know that they'll be able to do the same for this. So yeah. it's it's where I'm a big believer in if you if you're in a position where you can hand out the opportunity, um, help the youth and give them a sense of direction uh, and something to look forward to, definitely do it. Even and the thing is, yeah. even I'll be honest with you, there have been certain talents over the years which haven't necessarily been great, um, but it's still, it, it still has made a difference for them, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's uh, we can we can do a lot ourselves as well mm. for sure. And it's about and it's about really providing um, feedback. I think that's the key aspect of it because you might have a bad experience. Yeah, um, let's take away from race, whatever it is, you might have any bad experience. We should be able to go to that business and say, hey, this is my experience. Like, I want to support you. This is where I feel like you guys can improve X, Y, and Z. And that business to not have a chip on their shoulder, but truly accept that feedback and say, okay, really appreciate the fact that you've given me honest uh, feedback because honest feedback for me is based on people that care. Like me not going online and just putting like a nasty review and actually speaking to the manager or speaking to and saying, Hey, this is where I feel like you can improve truly shows that you're supporting that business. And that business is sort of try and look at how they can incorporate that feedback and take that on board versus maybe having an, um, a chip on the shoulder to that particular feedback. So probably the final, the final point from my side, and just to close the topic is if you are consuming a product from a friend, a family, uh, anyone that's close to you that looks very similar to you, I would highly recommend pay the full price or even go above and beyond that. That person, that individual has taken a risk. They're really trying to put themselves out there. They're trying to better their whole ecosystem. And the, the smallest thing that we can do is just appreciate that and support them the best way that we can. And if we're happy to support companies like Starbucks, celebrities like Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, then the smallest thing we can do is also help those around us as well. Go yeah, ahead, so Pete. this week um, on the book review, we're going to have yours truly, Olu. So Olu, help us understand uh, what it is that we're about to learn. Why is, why is that? Pavila, you... I. Pavila, are you excited about this book review the same way that Oli gets excited about your book reviews? Come on, Come on, let's go. Pavila <laughs> uh, looks locked and loaded. Locked and loaded, Pavila. He, he's right, probably cool, got his go questions ahead. ready. I know, ready. All his no, questions no, no, ready. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. He, he, definitely, he definitely sat up straight. He sat closer to the um, video. So well. the Sorry, book cool. review for this week is called um, The Chimp Paradox Mind Management Tool for Happiness by Steve Peters. So, and what it is really sort of, um, is a life 
mind sort of growth book. So really focusing on helping people deal maybe with anxiety, sort of lack of motivation, really just understand their mind. So the first question I'm going to ask you guys, <laughs> mine's always mine's always trying to keep, uh, my book reviews always try to keep you guys interacted. So are you guys chimps? <laughs> are we chimps? What's like an animal, the What's chimp. What's the definition of a chimp Do you feel like context? Part- do you feel like your mindset is your mind has got an area of it which is very similar to like a chimp? So it's um an area in your brain where you it's more primal system. So you just react to stuff. Um, it's really made for being in the wild versus sort of the corporate in America. Mm-hmm. Would you class yourself as a as a chimp? <laughs> this is a very this is a very this is very like. Awkward question. I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know where Olu's going with this. Um, but based on how you described it, I guess we all have this. Are you trying to sort of like free spirit type? Yo, of Pia, I'm asking you a simple question. Party? Are you a chimp? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. What are the other options? Are you... There's no other options. It's are you a chimp? You could you could probably argue that. You could probably argue that. I mean, I'm he's just, gonna say this because oh, the, the next series of questions will be like, "But do you do this? But do you that?" So yeah, you're. I'm gonna say. Yeah. I'm gonna say no. Okay. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Part of me is perfect. Now what? P. For once, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no right. No. Right so answer. the way the book sort of tries to go through it is, it works on something called a mind model. So with your brain, it's split up into what it classes as six different areas. But this really focuses on three different areas. For the purpose of this book, it looks at three specific areas of your brain. So it's got you've got the frontal part of your brain. Yeah. Frontal lobe, the temporal lobe. No, so this uses um, different names. Have you read the book? <laughs> no, no, but I did biology. I did biology. I did biology. I did biology. Okay. So it's got a frontal part, which they call it as your human part of your brain. Then they call it another uh, part of your um, brain, which is the partial, which is like your computer of your brain. And then there's an area called limbric, which it class as the chimp area of your brain. So if we just go into the different areas, so your computer side of your brain, your computer side of your brain is just really stores information. It gives you, uh, it stores Mm -hmm previous things that might have happened to you. So it allows you to analyze data and analyze situations and make a reaction based on that aspect of your brain. Yeah. Um, the computer is the strongest part, the quickest part of your brain is able to calculate things really quick. Then you've got your limbic area of your brain, which is class of the chimp. So this is like the primal system where its job is really just to keep you alive and away from danger. So that concept of like fight, flight, mm. um, where any situation happens, it will just react really quick. Yep. Um, the chimp is very like short-term, short-term oriented. It really keeps things very basic, black and white. Yep. It's, um, it looks at it more as, um, and they always say, say like the chimp is the emotional sensitive aspect of you, is the erotic aspect of you where you just want short and quick pleasure. That's how the chimp, it doesn't think about the long term. It doesn't think of anything apart from short term, short term gratification. Then you've got your human part. I'll, I'll put, I'll put. Oh, so the thing with the, the if I can, let me just say human and I'll tell you like the time, the speed. So the limbic place reacts very quick because like I mentioned before, it's primal system. It's really supposed to protect you and keep you alive. You can't live. Um, without that sort of uh, side of your brain. Then you've got your frontal, which is the human aspect of it. So this place is the one that's more rational. It's, it's got self-control. Um, it really is very disciplined. It's really the one that allows society to exist because it makes people very logical with how they think through different areas. Yeah. So the way to think about it is the compu- the computer, like I said, is the fastest. The computer is maybe four times as fast as the chimp area of your brain, but 20 times faster than your human side of it. So your human takes its time to process the situation, calculate all the information, goes to the computer and um, all the different areas, yeah? 
So the book sort of tries to make you understand and it tries to separate those three different areas of your brain. And the reason why it tries to separate it is it makes people realize that you have this nature in you, which it classes as the chimp, which is always going to be sort of rebellious. It's always going to want, like I mentioned, the quick gratification. And it sort of tells you that all the suge- all the things that the chimp wants to do are really just suggestions. Yeah, they're really suggestions, and you don't have to particularly do them. Uh, but there's ways for you to manage it, and there's ways for you to deal with your chimp versus trying to ignore it. So some people will pretend as if the chimp doesn't exist. So let's say when you start a diet, yeah. So some of you, sure, you work out, you train quite a lot. I'm sure when you start your diet, there's something in you that might have an urge to say, oh, you know what, screw it. Let me have a cheat day. No, honestly, that because uh, I was just thinking the way that you're explaining the the chimp part, I was thinking that it's probably very common nowadays, for example, when whenever anyone's phone buzzes or something, mm-hmm. the reaction of just to pick it up without even thinking about it, that is probably a chimp-like reaction. Or if I think the last couple of weeks, I've been slowly getting back into the gym routine again but before that i had five weeks off when i was on holiday and everything and during that period if you put any food in front of me whether i was hungry or not i was not thinking i was just put it in my mouth straight away so um yeah it's definitely definitely i'm thinking it's definitely around this discipline discipline piece and what kind of differentiates us from uh from animals and i think the great thing that you've identified is you can see when your body your lifestyle is quote-unquote not obviously to an extreme aspect of it, but going out of control. Like mm. it's just reacting. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not right for you. You can ask, just, you can say to, Hey, I should really go to the gym or I don't really want a cake or you automatically can tell yourself, okay, this is not my frontal, my human side. This is my chimp really acting out. Yeah. So the book mm-hmm. gives you four strategies to really manage what it classes as the chimp. Yeah. So one area of it is to, and and let me even bring up one example. Do you guys remember Zidane's headbutt? Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Final cup of his final game in France in the World Cup. Solid. I'm not not someone who headbutts a lot of people, but if I was ever to do it, that's how how I would do it. (laughs) And that was an example of his chimp coming out of, chimp coming out. And the book sort of gives you four different ways um, to sort of try and manage um, your chimp. One is exercise the chimp. So, the way you exercise the chimp is really um, confining in someone, talking to someone about basically voicing your frustration. Yeah. So speaking to someone, because what happens is by you speaking to someone about your frustration or what you're going through, it calms you down. Have you always seen like when people are about mm-hmm. to have altercations or whatever, and they start talking to someone about, oh, this is what the person did. did, did, did. After a few minutes, they mm-hmm. start to calm down. Yeah. So that's one. So if Zidane had spoken to his teammate about his frustration straight away, probably we would have calmed down prior to actually doing it. The next area that the book gives is... Just, yeah. can I, can I just, just to quickly ask, does everyone in this group think they do that? That when they feel they're angriest, they speak to someone or they have that pre-filter before they release that anger? What, what do you mean what, when you're angry? What, when you want to talk to someone when you're angry? Yeah, I guess the, the mm. point that Ola was making is Zidane, for example, maybe when he was so angry at that point, if he had just spoken to some of his teammates beforehand, he wouldn't have exploded as much as he did. So I was just curious as to think if you guys, when you're at your angriest, do you also have like a pre-filter? Is there someone that you talk to or someone that you kind of steam off with? I just kind of just remove myself from the situation just mm. kind of try and yeah. calm down. Okay. Because I get it okay. quite a lot where right, we'll um, someone might have had a frustrating day at work someone sent them an email or whatever mm. and they'd call me up and they'd be like, hey, so-and-so did... And they're reacting to me. Is the chimp basically reacting to me and voicing their concern versus them replying straight away and then the chimp reacting to to the, pers- to the person that sent them that email. So by going away from that person, Daniel, that's your way of exercising and moving away um, versus talking to someone else. The next one is what it classes as box it. So box it is when you basically talk, you have a conversation between your chimp side of your brain and your human side of your brain. And what your your human side does is it tries to talk logic to it. So you'll be like, okay, does that really make sense? Like try and give a reality truth. So you say, okay, I've got this presentation to do. 
the chimp side of your brain will be like, oh, my days, I'm so anxious. I don't want to do this presentation. Oh, my, what can I do? This is, this is, everyone's going to laugh at me. No one knows. So then you go to your human side of the brain and they'll talk to it and say, hey, no, you're prepared for this presentation. You know this. You don't need to worry. It'll bring logic and reality. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Um, the next strategy is what they class as rewarded. Similar to like a chimp, what they'll do is you give the chimp a banana. So you give the chimp a banana um, to say, hey, reward. So the way that would work in the strategy way is, let's say, for example, you've got work to do or a dissertation. Yeah. You might say to yourself, I'm going to focus one hour and do this and focus solely on this um, piece of work. And then I'm going to take 20 minutes to watch a show. Yeah. That's basically you giving a short sort of mm. um, reward. And then the last one is um, distract it. So how can you distract your chimp? So when you can see your chip about to erupt and act mm. out is how can you get your mind focused on other things? And that's the sort of strategy where people say count from 10 to, to zero. So people like 10, mm. nine, mm. eight, automatically you're moving your mind away from the actual issue. That, that, that's a new offer. I've heard one to 10, not 10 to zero. <laughs> when, you, when you do a 10 to, when you do a 10 to, what, I believe counting the one to 10 is a lot easier. So you're not really distracting your mind. Counting 10 to one, it, it distracts you. Yeah, so yeah, no, those are sort of the four strategies the book gives yeah. you. And it gives you examples of how to identify when your, your chimp is starting to act up and sort of strategies to sort of manage it. So, to my original conversation or question, I'll say each and every one of us has got a chimp aspect of our brain, but we can manage yeah. it and control it so that, it, that we don't allow the chimp to control us. <laughs> All right, cool. So, do you want to... so Daniel, I, don't, I know you don't like being, I know you don't like thinking that you got a chimp side of your brain, but you do. No, no, it's cool. No, no. I was going to ask, into, you know, well, what are the two takeaways you had for this? But also, from it sounds a bit complicated. Mm this book and i was gonna say in terms of a background understanding do you need to have any particular kind of psychology background understanding for these terms and concepts that are brought about in this book could a simple mm. mind understand no it? no i don't think so so i think the way the book tries to move away from such um brain psychology science sort of terminology and i think it tries to dumb it down to say okay let's split it out to computer You've got a computer area of your brain, you've got a human side of your brain, and you've got a chimp side of your brain. So it tries to simplify it, use terms that are more relatable. So you don't need to have any specific background. Or I don't have any specific background on it. And I was able to understand it. So it mm. just really gives you basic strategies on how to try manage it. So you don't need to be an expert. Oh, cool. No, I'm interested. I want to grab this, man. So I'll repeat the name of the book again. It's The Chimp Paradox. Is the mind management tool for happiness by Steve Peters. So thank you all for locking into this week's episode of Take Flight Podcast. As always, we th hope you found it informative and useful. Please take action. We also are welcome to feedback at any time. You can DM <laughs> us at Take Flight Podcast on Instagram or email us at takeflightpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. See you next week. Take care. Woo, woo, woo.